members of the OG army. Get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the other ground live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is July the 24th. It is a Friday. And that's all I got. It's it's Friday, Jay. <laughs> well, congratulations on your Friday, sir. It's a Wednesday for me, but we all know how that works. I see the OG Army is forming up in the chat box. Always happy to have you guys along for the ride. Uh, well, I kind of I know it's kind of a redundant question, but how'd your day go, Ryan? It was a day. How about you, Jay? It was also a day. For me, it was a pretty good day. Um, you know, uh, this is my second day coffee-free, and it went way better than yesterday. I didn't have time to complain and bitch and moan about that yesterday, but yesterday fucking sucked, my friend. Uh, I didn't think uh, stopping coffee would bother me that much. I felt like a like fucking shit most of the day. Today, much better. Um, really, almost no issues at all. So I'm surprised that today was so much easier than yesterday. Uh, apparently, quitting caffeine is not that, not that hard. I wouldn't think it would be like there isn't that much of a physical addiction there. I, I wouldn't think. Well, yeah, but it's something that, you know, I've been taking daily for fucking 40 years or something like that. I mean, between pop when I was younger and then coffee when I was older, uh, it's something that's been a part of my life for a very long time. So I expected it to be way harder than this. And don't get me wrong. I've got like a slight headache and I feel a little bit off. But all in all, uh, I have nothing to complain about compared to what I was expecting. Yeah, so other than the withdrawals, nothing to, you know, complain about. Right, right. Uh, my stomach's actually pretty good. It's uh, it's ramped up a little bit here in the last hour or two, but I had almost no issues all day. And even today, it's right now, it's about like a three, so it's not, not a big deal. Uh, so it was a good day. Work was uh, not too bad. They had me doing uh, things and stuff. Uh, one of my jobs is to do bank deposits, and today was a, a big one. There, it's big every day, but today was a lot of checks. It took a while, so which is bad and good. It made the day go by a lot faster because it took me like fucking two hours to do it uh but i also don't like doing stuff like that because it distracts me from my actual job of answering the phones and paying attention to the members and stuff but you know all, like i said great good day overall i even got a new pair of tennis shoes oh boy yeah i know it doesn't sound like much but i think i mentioned this the other day i don't have that was i haven't i did not own a pair of tennis shoes it was uh, quite the surprise to me I've, i'm planning my uh, trip next month up to port austin and I realized I had nothing to walk around in. All I have are dress shoes and a pair of sandals, and I don't want to walk around in sandals all day. So did you get some some fresh Yeezys there, Jay? <laughs> no, I spent $29 on a pair of shoes off of Amazon and rolled the dice and, turn, and got lucky in, in that they actual fit. Generally speaking, I don't think buying shoes online is a good idea because I have you know, big feet and an odd size. Uh, that's not big feet for my height. You would think I'd have a lot uh, larger. Normally I wear 13s, but I'll be honest with you. I tell people I wear 13s, but 12 and a half is closer to my size, which is what I got this time. That's the only reason I even bought them online. I saw this set came in 12 and a half, which fucking you never see. So I, I bought it and they fit great. Jay, that is kind of messed up. You are like seven foot 14 and I have bigger feet than you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've told you before, I've got odd proportions. I don't, uh, I don't have really long arms or legs. I have a very long torso. That's where a lot of my height comes from. So it's the worst type of tall. So at least if you have long arms or legs, they can be useful in certain situations. Having a long torso doesn't help you in fucking anything. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Dude, it's the hardest part is buying uh, shirts because if a shirt uh, uh, fits my uh, sleeves, it's way too short in the torso. And if it fits my torso, the, lay, the sleeves are way too fucking long. Uh, I'll, before I uh, started wearing dress shirts and things like that for my work, I never wore long sleeve shirts because they never fit. Now I just have the uh, issue where most of them pull out uh, out of my pants when I sit down or move around. So basically, you have T Rex arms and little bitty legs. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, not little bitty. Obviously, you know the I'm being a, a tall dude. They're uh, both obviously both long, but not compared to uh, my torso. So not as long as they should be. But regardless, that's a, a boring topic. Let's move on to something slightly more interesting. Uh, what do you got today, sir? So did you see that beginning uh, this fall in Russia, KFC is going to start 3D printing their nuggets? Huh. Only in Russia? Yeah, they're going to test it there because obviously hmm. everything is worse in Russia anyway. So I'm, I'm sure they're <laughs> going to see if they can pass off this you know, 3D printed chicken as the real deal. Hmm. And I assume when you say 3D printed, it's just like the, the actual 3D uh, printing machines, but it's going to use like uh, chicken paste instead of like plastic to make the items. Yeah, they're going to test lab grown chicken nuggets made with a 3D bioprinter. So it's not hmm. even real chicken and be lab grown and then it's going to be 3D printed into nugget form. That seems like a lot of effort. Can't they just use like nugget molds? I mean, like making ice cubes or something like that. Wouldn't that be way easier? Yeah, I don't know how that would work with like the breading and whatever else they're doing. I don't know. But either way, that's another reason not to live in Russia. <laughs> like you needed one. Uh, one of my favorite things in the world is uh, um, watching Russian webcam, uh, excuse me, Russian dash cam uh, videos because they drive like crazy fucking people over there. I'm assuming you've seen that kind of stuff before, right? Oh, all the, the insurance fraud? Uh, no, no, just the, not even insurance fraud, just the uh, ridiculous fucking driving in general. Uh, you see all kinds of crazy shit uh, on Russian roads. Uh, uh, think People driving things that they shouldn't be driving, uh, weird, crazy uh, accidents. Uh, I assume there's insurance fraud as well. Just It's just ridiculous. Look up, Just look up Russian dash cam one, one day when you're bored on the YouTube. Yeah, I think you're just trying to cover for your, you know, Russian cam girl obsession. <laughs> sure, you're really watching dash cams there, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what site, you Jay? I don't know what you mean. No, I no, I actually don't watch webcams. That's that's uh, not my thing. I don't uh, I don't like uh, acts. I remember, I mentioned the other day, I like homemade natural stuff, not uh, people acting. No webcams are always like, look at me. I'm going to stick this in here and then I'm going to suck that. And yeah, you know, I, I like more natural. Yeah. There's really no such thing, but okay. <laughs> well, at least more natural than that. Uh, what else you got, sir? So remember a while back we were talking about the whole Bill Gates thing and someone actually had to fact check that he wasn't going to microchip people. Yeah. He's actually had to come out and do a TV like spot and interview around that. So now you can actually get it from Bill Gates mouth that he will not use a COVID vaccine to microchip people. Well, that's good to know, right? <laughs> the more but... hilarious part is there is a growing thread on the OG about how people don't trust him and he totally just wants to microchip people. 
<laughs> He's totally get a microchip. If they really wanted to microchip people, they'd already be doing it with flu vaccines. So, uh, you know, all these people are really worried about nothing. Plus, that's not how microchipping works. You don't tr- uh, shoot a microchip into someone's fucking bloodstream, uh, you know, uh, which is how vaccines work, I believe. Uh, of course, I could be wrong. Uh, I know I know some shots are into muscle and some of them are into bloodstream. So I could be wrong on that. It just seems like a ridiculous premise. Um, uh, someone pointed out uh, the other day on Facebook, I noticed that uh, all these people, the, the meme was all these people complaining about Bill Gates uh, trying to get get you uh, a microchip in you when you already carry one around from uh, from Apple every fucking day. Dude, your phone is a microchip. Guess what? They can pretty much track you all they want on that. They don't need to inject something in you. Yeah, it's just how how just crazy have we gotten as a society that we have a chunk of society thinking that a super, super rich individual could absolutely in no way want to actually, you know, better the human race. They have to have some nefarious super villain plot. <laughs> right. And at that point, dude, the dude, the dude's got so much money. He's not trying to make money. Uh, I can't see, I can't think of any reason why Bill Gates would really want to microchip somebody. Uh, there's no reason for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> The government, okay, I could see the government might want to microchip you if you believe that the government's an, an oppressive uh, organization who uh, has uh, your not your best intentions in mind. But Bill Gates personally, nah, dude, that doesn't that guy doesn't care about any of that kind of shit. Well, supposedly the conspiracy is that you know he wants to depopulate the earth and control population through eugenics and microchips oh. and whatever. Apparently, that's, he that's, is an absolute supervillain, the worst person that, on earth, despite spending name. billions and billions of dollars each year on, you know, things like trying to control disease in Africa. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that just seems really highly unlikely. Uh, depopulate the world. So, and eugenics, eugenics is a really touchy subject because, um, in theory, eugenics makes complete sense. Unfortunately, morally speaking, it's a horrible fucking idea. Yeah, it's it's what it is. Sly, uh, Sly, I already mentioned what uh, shoe size I am. Twelve and a half. I have small feet for my size. My dad, on the other hand, wore size fucking sixteens. He was six nine, so that was a more appropriate shoe size for him. Uh, I think I told this story before. My dad had a lot of trouble buying shoes that fit him, and this is back before internet where you can order shoes. So he basically, whenever he needed a new pair of shoes, he wandered around to different shoe stores, basically stuck his head in and said, "Hi, do you have size 16? <laughs> and if they said yes, he'd come in. He goes, "Okay, uh, I'd like to buy them." So, <laughs> so they would go into the back, bring out the pair of shoes. And he and he'd try to pay them. He said, "Well, don't you want to try it on?" He goes, "No, size 16 fits me." He goes, "Well, don't you want to look at it?" He goes, "No." He goes, well, don't you even want to know what color it is? He goes, "I know what color it is. Six, size 16 only comes in one color. Ugly. Give me the shoes." <laughs> so, uh, and I've seen him do that once. You know, so it's not just a, te- a story he told me. I've seen him actually go to stores and buy shoes in that exact method. Uh, so I imagine, you know, being that uh, shoe size, it was it was kind of frustrating for him. Uh, never being able to find anything that he wanted, just have to accept what they had. 
Yeah, that is kind of one of those things. I mean, I almost went through that, right? Like, I don't have super large feet. Generally, depending on the brand, I'm anywhere between like a, a 13 and a half and a 15. But like growing up, it was pretty much all athletic shoes because nothing else was made in the right size. Right, right. And uh, for me, it's a little bit harder because I, I, I think I got narrow feet for my... Uh, um, for my um, foot length as well, so nothing really fits me well. Although I'm pretty happy with the uh, shoes I just bought. I uh, I put a link on the uh, chat box for people that are interested in what my $27.99 shoes look like. Uh, I'm pretty happy with them. I bet they're the the best thing ever. They are. They're really comfortable and light. I I, I wanted to run around the yard a little bit. <laughs> are they Crocs? And test, and test, no, God, fucking Crocs are the ugliest fucking things in the world. How can those things be comfortable? They're like rubber shoes. Wouldn't your feet sweat like a motherfucker? I, apparently, they're super comfortable. I kind of figure you'd be wearing them with socks. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm, I am unhappy about the fact that I can't seem to find any of uh, my pairs of low socks, if you know what I mean. You know, the ones that are basic, the ones that basically barely come above the sneaker. That's, that's the type of socks I like to wear when I'm wearing shorts. Because, you know, the ones that go above that look kind of uh, silly when you're wearing uh, shorts and a pair of tennis shoes. But you don't wear, like, full, like, all the way up the calf, like, socks when you go out? Now, it could totally, it would fit you as a person, Jay. <laughs> um, no, no, I do not. And when I wear those, I push them down so that, you know, the, so that they're low as they go. Because I think that looks kind of silly. Um <laughs> But uh, canvas, it? yeah, Stan. Uh, the, the I don't know. They they look like they'd be comfortable. They're comfortable. They're lightweight. I'm just gonna wear them walking around town while I'm on vacation. So uh, they are the appropriate shoe for me. But anyways, we're not here to talk about shoes. What else do you got, Ryan? We're here to talk about how Michigan, as always, is in the news. Like you guys are really coming up on Florida. <laughs> hey, come on now. Like I think you may be the new Florida once Bugs Bunny succeeds and cuts it off. Maybe it's just something about peninsulas. It's something, but did you hear about the uh, the sheriff in Kalamazoo? Hmm, what's that? Who got a mean message on Facebook and had all of his deputies go track down the person? No, I have not heard about this at all. Tell me more. Yeah, so uh, there's absolutely no crime whatsoever, but he sent detectives. And he didn't even send deputies. He sent actual detectives to go talk to the man accused of sending him a, a mean Facebook message. Hmm. And the Facebook message is, you're a fat ass who needs to go on a diet. <laughs> Come get me if you want me, tubby ass fat bitch. <laughs> this was... Was this a criminal that had a warrant already? So, you know, that's why he's saying, Come and get me? Or is this just a guy being an asshole? No, this was just... Someone calling this guy a fat, tubby ass bitch. So what happened? I mean, uh, did the detectives track him down and beat him with batons? Or I mean, you know, what what was the resolution of the situation? They went and they talked to the guy and determined that there was no crime. Like it's not a crime to call somebody a tubby ass bitch. No, it happens to me every day. <laughs> okay, maybe not. But yeah, I would assume so. Uh, and I assume, I'm guessing this is in the news because some of his detectives were, did not take kindly to being sent on such a bullshit call and let the media know about it. Yeah, there's all all sorts of people like in the area commenting about it and how it's just a, 
a super questionable use of resources to send two detectives over to somebody's place to try to get them to stop stop saying mean things to the sheriff. I like when Dragonoff posted on the chat box. He said he liked it. He outsourced it immediately. A lazy fuck. <laughs> he didn't even go exactly. after him. He cemented that that message was completely accurate. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know, I happen to have a uh, Michigan story as well, since we're uh, doing stories about ridiculous fucking things. Uh, and this one just struck me as how can this be legal? Um, a Wald Lake teacher, uh, which is a community here in Michigan, uh, was fired uh, for posting a tweet that said, I'm done being silent. Donald Trump is our president. Deal with it. Don't at me. And he was fired for that. Everything that he posted was accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can that get you fired by just posting that, you know, uh, he didn't even say, yeah, you know, uh, if you don't support Donald Trump, you're an asshole or anything like that. He just pointed out that the president was our president. How is that a fireable offense? How can he not just sue the fuck out of those people? I mean, he didn't even call anybody a tubby ass fat bitch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was pretty mild. Uh, I, I I read the story several times. I kept on trying to find more to it, but that's the the entire story. Uh, how is that possible? How can I mean? Michigan is an is an at will state, so uh, generally speaking, you can be fired for just about anything. But fucking a but teacher a, is well, a teachers right. union, yeah, right. But a teacher is a union job, so I don't know how they could get away with that. I'm assuming the union is going to fucking crush that school district. Oh yeah, the union rep for that one is is salivating. Yeah, that's a fucking slam dunk if there ever was one. Uh, someone's, someone's losing their job, but it's probably not going to be that teacher. I don't necessarily know if anybody's going to lose a job, but that, this is going to be like the absolute easiest thing in the world for that union rep. Yep. Yes, it will be. Speaking of losing jobs, uh, I'd like to talk about something a little more personal. I can't go into it too much because, as you guys know, I can't talk about my job in specifics. I can tell you guys stories and generalities and things like that. Uh, but something sad happened today at my work. Um, there's a gentleman there that was the uh, head bartender. He, he's worked there longer than I have. So about, I think he's been there about 20 years. So he started really young. So, cause he's, he can't be much more than 40. So I think he's been working there basically as an entire adult life versus like the assistant bartender and then moving up to the head bartender job. Uh, I, I like the guy. Uh, he can be a smart ass. Uh, you know, he's one of those types, but he doesn't mean any harm. Uh, He's been having problems in the last couple months. I found out that he's having problems with his relationship with his wife, who he's been married to for pretty much 20 years, uh, to the point where, and I knew it had been degrading pretty seriously because actually I'd heard stories about uh, that she just turned into a horrible person. Uh, I didn't have the heart to tell him that she's always been a horrible person. He just was blinded by the fact that she was hot. <laughs> and it accumulated with him being served the divorce papers on Wednesday. And that's got to be a hard thing when you're still in love with the person who is obviously not in love with you anymore. And, and he took it hard. You know, um, I'm not going to, you know, I, I hate to, you know, spill his news, but you know, he, he got, got the papers and found some place in the club and cried for a while, uh, which I can understand, you know, if you're still in love with somebody and they don't want you anymore, it's gotta be a crushing thing. Um, so that's bad enough. Uh, today, the, just about 15 minutes before I left work, uh, the big boss came up to me and said, Hey, uh, if you got a, if you have any wine that needs to be uh, brought up, don't use the bar phone. I'm like, Oh, it, okay. Well, I figured there was an issue with the bar phone. I said, well, actually, you know what? I don't even use that that much. We have problems with it getting reception in, in the, uh, 
club, I use so-and-so's personal cell phone number. And he looks at me, he goes, yeah, so-and-so doesn't work here anymore. Take his number off the uh, text message thing and walked away. Um, and I have no clue what the fuck happened. No one knows really. And I'm just praying, uh, as much as I can that the dude quit, but I kind of don't think so. Uh, what I kind of think happened is, as I mentioned, he's uh, kind of a smart ass and he's been in a bad mood. I think he probably said the wrong thing to the wrong person and got his ass fired. And can you think of anything worse to, to happen to somebody to then get served divorce papers on Wednesday and then lose his job on Friday? Yeah, it's a pretty shitty week. That kind of sounds like a country song, but uh, yeah. he probably snapped at the wrong person and that'll do it. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't know what happened. I really, really hope he quit. Uh, not that that's a great thing, but I want it to be his decision because he already wasn't dealing with the entire divorcing well. And I think after we uh, get done with the podcast, I'm going to send him a message on Facebook. I'm not good friends with him, but yeah, I've worked with the dude for fucking 16 years and yeah, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. And I'm sure he's in a poor state of mind now. So I'm going to try to offer him what little support I can. And I guess the moral of my story is you don't know. You might think you have your life exactly how you want it and things are stable and, you know, and good because that has to have been what he thinks, what he was thinking. He had the same job and the same wife for 20 years. And in the space of just like a couple months, it all fucking fell apart. And it's a scary thought. The fact that your life is not stable. You might think it is, but at any time something could come along and totally fuck your life up. Um, and that's, that's a scary thought. So to go back to the podcast, I believe two days ago, this is now reason 408 not to get married. <laughs> well, I knew everyone at the clubhouse knew that. Yeah. She was not a nice person. She didn't like the fact that he worked there. She thought all the, his friends were degenerates, which is kind of accurate because uh, our country clubs like a restaurant for the most part, at least the inside part of it. And as you know, pretty much every restaurant is filled with degenerates. <laughs> uh, have you ever worked in the in the restaurant field at all uh, in your earlier days, Ryan? Uh, when I was like 14, I think. Um, I did a little bit of work at a restaurant. Actually, funny story. I was a bartender for a night at the age of 14, which I think broke several labor laws. I believe you are correct, sir. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> There's, there's well, so the normal law. bartender didn't show up. Mm -hmm. And of course, here I am. I already have like a beard. I'm, you know, like at 14, I'm probably like 5'10", 5'11 already. And obviously I knew how to make drinks because growing up in Iowa, there's not much else to do, you know, besides, you know, fight, drink. And make cosmopolitans. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to make the drink before you can drink it. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I hopped right behind the bar. Like, the owner absolutely knew. Everybody knew who I was. Like, so no one was going to say anything. But, uh, yeah, that was a that was an interesting night. Yeah. Okay, so you're a little bit familiar. Because of the fact that they all work night shifts and nobody gets off work. They all get off work sometimes between, sometime between 10 and 2 in the morning, depending on what type of place it is. Uh, restaurant workers tend to be partiers in general. That's just the nature of the job. Uh, you there's not a restaurant in the world that you couldn't like get half, half to three quarters of the people fired by doing drug tests, for example. <laughs> and then if you said no alcohol, you would lose every single fucking worker there. Uh, so it's, uh, so she had some, uh, it was not, she was not lying when she said they were all degenerates. Uh, but she was just not a nice person. I remember going to a party at, uh, 
their house the second or third year that I was working there. And I was sitting there talking to Brian. Oh, fuck. I said his name. Don't, don't, don't pay attention to that part. I was talking to this dude and his wife and I was making jokes about the, the night receptionist who was a horrible person that nobody liked. And Brian was like, yeah, you're going to have to put up with her, I guess. I go, yeah, hopefully she'll die. <laughs> and his wife looked at me like she wanted to fucking stab me. I'm, and that was the end of any conversations with her for the rest of the night. I was just telling a joke. I didn't actually want the, the lady to die. I wanted her to like leave, which she ended up doing, which so it worked out perfectly. But yeah, I could tell that she wasn't a, like a nice person uh, right off the bat. I don't know if that's really a, an excellent judge of character. Someone not reacting well to to that joke <laughs> i know when i meet new people and we're talking about someone i'm like oh yeah i i hope that guy gets prostate cancer and dies slowly <laughs> <laughs> see that's fucking hilarious she just had no sense of humor clearly apparently what a cunt <laughs> what else you got today boss uh, so we have, uh, this is a very interesting study that was done, and I'm sure that you'll not believe the conclusion they came to. Hmm. But there is a study out there, and it's been published on WebMD, that many people with dementia don't know that they have it. No. No, you don't say. Yeah. In so, other news, this guy is blue. Uh, a, a review of data from 585 Medicare recipients with probable dementia found nearly 6 out of 10 were either undiagnosed or unaware of their diagnosis. <laughs> well, duh. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's a sucky thing. Dementias and Alzheimer's and all that shit as you get older, it all sucks ass. And I see it all the time because of where I work. It's filled with old people. And it, it it really is horrible because I'll see these people and I see them every day, year after year, year after year. And I've been there long enough that I've seen people go from intelligent, well-spoken people to rambling fucking idiots for the most part. I hate to say it that way. Uh, like there's, we, I have a member right now that last year was sharp as a fucking tack. And you could tell as soon as he came back this year that he's lost it. He rambles on mumbles. You can't, he doesn't even talk the same anymore. He doesn't enunciate his words anymore. Uh, he goes on over the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, yeah, and it's horrible because he's a nice guy, or he was. Now he's still a nice guy, but if you tell him something he doesn't like, he basically doesn't pay any attention to it. Like, for example, we can't have uh, guests uh, in the country club right now because of the whole COVID thing. It's members only. And he doesn't like that. And he calls me every day to try to make reservations for him and his guests. And every day I have to go over the fact that there's no guests allowed. And it's a 15-minute conversation every fucking day. Uh, and nobody wants that for their loved ones. Well, I mean, there's, there's part of it. So yes, it's absolutely terrible for, you know, the loved ones, anyone that have to deal with these people. But I mean, you're getting up there in age and you're, you know, 75, 80 years old. Maybe there is that slight silver lining of, Hey, at least you meet new people every day. <laughs> and of course, dementia and things like that don't always affect old people. Uh, my mom had lots of issues with that. Uh, I don't know if I can call it dementia. I don't know what the hell she was wrong with her as far as like technical terms. Uh, she um, was very paranoid. She thought people were out to get her. She believed things that just weren't true. Like she was 100% convinced that I'd lost my house and that, that I would just wouldn't tell her. Um, she thought people were going to come. She thought the cops were going to come and arrest her for abusing her stepdaughter, uh, which she never did. I was there. <laughs> um, she wasn't... Uh, 
my my uh, my my stepsister was kind of a brat, so my mom had to discipline discipline her, but she didn't like beat her or anything like that. Uh, she'd do stuff like send her to her room. Uh, but she was a hundred percent convinced that the cops were coming at any point to arrest her and throw her in jail for shit that she did forty years ago. Um, and it's it's horrible, man. It's it's a horrible thing to see you know someone you love go like that. And, you know, when she died, people thought I dealt with it really well. And I told them I lost my mom years ago. You know, it's literally like four or five years before she passed away. I, that, I lost my mom. The person after that was not my mom. It's someone who looked like my mom, but they had a completely different personality. And it sucked ass. It really did. Uh, in certain ways, I wish it, it went a lot differently because I hate the memories I have of her now. So, you know, in better news... Uh, sorry, that's kind of a drag. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Uh, so so in better news, one good thing to come out of this whole COVID thing, I think, mm -hmm. all Walmarts are actually going to be closed on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, they weren't before? I knew some, some stores have been going that way in the last couple of years. So... Actually, it's it's kind of been the backwards, right? Is like a lot of of stores over the past ten years have been opening on Thanksgiving when they never did. Right, right, right. Backed off of it. Yeah, but yeah, I guess. for Walmart to do it, like they are the biggest defender of this, and yeah, they are. Uh, they're gonna have every store closed on Thanksgiving. Wow, um, that that's good. I can I can see that being a good thing because most people want to spend time with their families. I've worked every Thanksgiving for the last sixteen years, <laughs> so to me, it's not even a big deal anymore. As I mentioned, you know, um, yeah, I didn't. I'm not big on family events anyway. So while I miss kind of it was like Thanksgiving is a good one, so I, I I miss going to Thanksgiving. But on the other hand, it's it's a lot of money. And as I got later in life. Once my mom you know, lost her facilities, I was glad that I was working on Thanksgiving because I didn't want to go to family events anymore anyways. Uh, so for the last 16 years, we've uh, I've hung out at the club on uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we, the club itself is closed, by the way. Um, they're, they're not dicks about it. Uh, there's a very small staff there on Thanksgiving. There's the, the kitchen staff, me, and a couple of valets. And we do like a Thanksgiving carryout dinner, which is a dinner for 10 to 12 people. And we would do like, God... Enough, uh, basically Thanksgiving for three or four or 500 people uh, through a carryout system. I mean, they're, they're cooking like 60, 70 turkeys all the, you know, and all the fixings, throwing in a big tote and shoving them out the door for the members to pick up. It's, uh, it's a hell of a thing. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive to see it go down. Uh, and it's obviously awesome for the members because that way they get a home-cooked Thanksgiving dinner without having to do it themselves because I'm pretty sure some of them couldn't find their kitchen if they wanted to. Yeah, that's that definitely is a thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I wonder if they're going to do the same thing. No, I weren't. They were closed, always closed on Christmas and New Year's, weren't they? Though, uh, Christmas maybe. I doubt New Year's. Hmm. Walmart doesn't yeah. close for shit. Yeah, which most of the time I really appreciate when you know it's two in the morning. I need to pick something up. God, I'm glad those days are gone. At one point before I started working at the country club, my uh, shift was uh, at the uh, CVS I worked at was uh, two to 10, um, which at the time suited me very well, but because uh, I was a partier. So getting off work at 10 o'clock was perfect. So, you, you know, you, you go home, you take a shower, you change, you go up to the bar, you hit the bar right around uh, like 11, 1130, which, by the way, is prime time for the bar. Uh, I wasn't one of those fools that went to the bar early. You got to wait. 
you know, you, you hit there right around 1130, maybe midnight, everyone's drunk as fuck. <laughs> you know, you've, you, you have time to sit down and drink at the bar without spending too much money. Cause you're only there for a couple hours. And then you take home whatever skanks left at two in the morning. <laughs> wow. The fun, the fun times of being a degenerate. Yeah. And it was a good time. Cause at that point, all of my friends were like degenerates as well. Most of them had bar jobs or restaurant jobs. So we would all get out of work at the same time and, you know, go out and hang out at the bar. Uh, my best friend was a bartender. Um, he was the one that taught me all about the best time to go to bars. Cause I'd be like, Oh dude, you know, it's like eight or nine o'clock, but you ready to go to the bar? He's like, fuck no, we're pre-gaming. You don't go to the bar until like 11 at the earliest. So then we get all drunk and go up to the bar. Yeah. I was never, never a big bar person, maybe after <laughs> fights now and then, but like, yeah, if I had made an appearance at a bar more than like twice a month, it was, uh, quite a, quite the month. Oh God. At one point it was every night when, you know, cause I was an alcoholic at the time too. I guess that means I still am. They say that you're never not an alcoholic. You're just an alcoholic and he doesn't drink anymore, but I haven't drank seriously. God, it's gotta be like 10 years now and I have zero desire to do so. Well, it's your addicting, addictive personality. Like no matter what you did, you're going to fall into that. Like if you yeah. drank, you were going to be an alcoholic. If you did heroin, you're going to be an addict. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. You just latch on to anything that gives you any sort of response. Yeah, which might be the which might be the reason that we've done, now done 126 of these fucking shows in a row, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's several. That's like more than two. Yeah, that's more than two. It is so. Yeah, and you know what, dude? I'm surprised. I mean, I knew that we were both pretty dedicated to doing this every day, but fucking 126 in a row. That's a, that's a lot of days in a row to do something. <laughs> we're hey, we're we're a third of the way to a year. Yeah, yeah. And I, my wife's still going to be unhappy about it. But even if you get, I'm hoping you get a guest host for the vacation days, but I'm still going to call in for a couple of minutes just so I can't, just so I don't break my personal streak. If not, I'm going full Bill Burr where I just complain about shit for an hour straight. <laughs> you'll be calling in. You'll be hearing me. You know what grinds my gears? <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Uh, let's see. You know what? I think I didn't have much uh, time to do topics, but I do have one more. So I'm hoping you guys, you have a whole bunch of them. I was just looking through the internet today, and do you know that you can get a 75-inch 4K TV for $750 now? That sounds about right. Like, TVs have been going down so much lately. And, like, the thing... This is the craziest part. Like, I have no desire to get another TV. Yeah. Like, I, I hardly know. It, use TVs anymore. Yeah, I know. My computer is what I use for most of the time. Uh, my wife has a 47 inch in the in the living room that we bought her a couple of years ago. It costs like 200 and fucking something dollars. And I have a old an older 47 inch in, in my den that I turn on for fucking uh, ESPN plus when we're watching fights and I use for my PlayStation. And it kind of irks me because I like the concept of a 75 inch fucking TV. It's gigantic, but I have no use for one. It would basically sit in the corner and never get turned on. Yeah, I've gotten to the point that if I'm not like sitting in the office where I have, oh God. So on the computer I'm doing the podcast from, I have two monitors set up for that. I have two monitors set up for my work laptop. I have my work laptop there. I have another laptop sitting next to it. It's pretty much just a goddamn command center. But, like if I'm not <laughs> in this office, I don't want to be around technology at all. I can see that. Uh, and I always thought that wouldn't be me at all because I am all about the technology. I'm all about being connected to the world. Um, 
information is my is another drug of mine. I'm constantly inputting something. I have for me, it's reading. I'm always reading something. I'm reading. The, I'm reading the the uh, the OG. I'm reading Facebook. I'm reading Twitter. I I normally have a book open because uh, I read uh, Kindle books on my computer. Um, it, that said, I am really looking forward to next month when I go to. Uh, Port Austin, and the most uh, technology I'll have is a phone that I'm going to use to take pictures and hopefully not go on the UG at all, which is not going to happen. I'm sure I'll check in a whole bunch of times throughout the day, but I'm I'm liking the fact that I'm not going to have like my desktop with all the bells and whistles attached to it, and I'm just going to spend some time walking around with my wife. Uh, It's not much, but I honestly I'm looking forward to a whole bunch. Well, I've told you about that. Like, you need to like just like pick a week or something where you just avoid all the technology. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to do it almost every weekend where I have a day that I'm just away from everything outside of coming back and doing this real quick. Like, I'd rather be out like letting the dogs run around, actually interacting with humans, you know, face to face, and not have everybody, you know, with their face and their fucking phones. It's just we're so goddamn detached anymore. Yeah, and for the most part, I like that shit because I, I don't like interacting with people. That's not my thing, um, and I won't be doing much interacting in Port Austin either. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. And when I interact with a person, I'm polite. I try to be friendly. Uh, as you guys know, I'm 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 a talkative person in the right situation. So if I'm in a situation like when we go sit down for dinner or or lunch or whatever, and the wait staff comes up, I'm like, oh hey, how you doing? Da, 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 da. It's a big act. I don't really want to talk to anybody, but I'm not going to be rude to somebody. Uh, so I try to like be as friendly as I can. Um, but other than interacting with like the wait staff or possibly a shop owner, if we go look in a store or something, I'd have no desire to interact with fucking other people. And I'm, <laughs> that's one of the things with my wife that irks me the most. She loves people. She loves talking to people. At first, it just annoyed and embarrassed me to no end because we could not be in a spot with other people without her talking to them, <laughs> no matter what. Like, you know, we, you, we could be in line at Burger King and she'll strike up a conversation with the person behind us. <laughs> it's just, it just drives me up the wall. I've gotten used to it uh, and I try not to let it embarrass me because I don't, and I don't know why it embarrasses me, but it does. I'm like, oh God, stop talking to people. Just stop doing that. And she's a friendly person, and you know it's not like she's saying stupid things. It just weirds me out that she's talking to a stranger. Yeah, it depends on the situation for me. Like, I'm never the person that's going to go up and generally just like initiate conversations with strangers. They have something to say, I'll I'll have a chat with them, but otherwise, I really don't care about you as a person more than likely. Right, right. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm talking about stuff like do 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 walking walking around. Oh, hey, I love your shoes. <laughs> like. Oh God! Stopped. Now they're going to want to have a conversation with us because you told them that you like their shoes, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, it it serves her very well at our job because she's such a friendly person uh, that she's already really familiar with the the members, uh, the ladies, you know, that she works with in the locker room. Uh, the members and stuff coming in and out. She's very talkative and friendly. Uh, like today, she was didn't have a lot going on, so she was accosting members for their shoes. <laughs> so the members would walk by. She goes, "Hey, let me clean your shoes." <laughs> seriously that's what she was doing today because she didn't have enough to do and she wanted stuff she wanted more things to uh, get through the day fair enough I, I don't think i've ever offered to clean anyone's shoes and i don't think i will well they you gotta remember that's part of her job uh well it's more of her assistant's job but she does it a lot herself just because she likes to do stuff um the locker rooms uh, have shoe cleaning uh both for the uh, both for um their golf shoes and regular shoes if they want them too 
Uh, the men's side does more of the regular shoes sort of thing, shoe shining and stuff. But golf shoes, you know, they get grass and, and stuff on them. So she'll take them, clean them up, polish them up, or whatever she needs to do and put them back in their locker. Fair enough. Yeah, I I don't know that world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not unusual for uh, country clubs, I would imagine. Although I, I I'm only have experience of just the one that we work at. Yeah, I, I'm not a big uh, country club person, but yeah, it sounds like you have the super old school, like full service type of. Type oh, definitely. Of thing. Oh, definitely. And and the uh, and the members are uh, uh, hook her up and stuff. Like uh, she had one member give her a hundred dollars at the beginning of the season for her shoes. Some of them would like just pay five or ten dollars when she does shoes for them. Most of them just give her money at the beginning of the season. And say this is for shoes for the season. So she does okay on that. That's not too shabby. Yeah, <laughs> sir. I don't really have much to say about that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, it, a country club is a weird is a weird thing compared to a lot of different businesses because uh, it's so full service that it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, basically, if a member asks for something, they're going to get it. Um, if a member came up to me and told me that they wanted a camel, I would do my best to get them a camel. I don't doubt that. <laughs> anyway, sir, what else do you got? So we had some good news with Walmart and now we have bad news coming from the Senate. So did you hear good old Mr. McConnell saying uh, that an agreement for this like second round of stimulus and extending unemployment and things like that? (laughs) Sounds like they're under no rush whatsoever. He just came out today and said, yeah, maybe we can come to an agreement in the next few weeks. No, they have they they have to do it. And before that, from what I understand, they're going on summer break here, like next week, aren't they? Something like that. But like even beyond that, you have the entire thing that all of the current protections mm-hmm. are expiring, like next week. Yeah, yeah. Depending on which state you're in, some of them are expiring, like basically now, I guess. Or well, all most- of the federal ones, I'm talking. Right, right. That's so what like I mean. Everything right. that was putting out, put out there by the federal government, that all ends. And it also doesn't help that the jobs report came out yesterday. And in the last, was it the last week, mm-hmm. there have been an additional 1.4 million people applying for unemployment benefits. So this thing is about to fall off a cliff and pretty much just tank the economy. So that's. That's great that our elected officials are like, yeah, maybe we'll get it done in a few weeks. Like that's like it's a no cavalier deal, yeah. way to look at things when, uh, yeah, shit's about to hit the fan like hard. Right, right. And I assume that the increase in the unemployment claims is because some of these states are going backwards and having to reclose stuff uh, that they allowed to open back up. So that's part of it. There are the reclothing reclosings. There's also just the fact that, I mean, the economy is just slow anyway. Right. So even businesses that have made a, you know, have, have been able to reopen, they're not seeing business at a clip that they were, you know, pre pandemic. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at, you know, 32% of people not being able to pay for their, you know, their rent or their mortgage, 1.4 million people per week getting on unemployment. Like there's not a lot of money out there to be spent at these businesses. That's true. So you're seeing a lot of people that were bringing people back that are now having to get rid of them. You also have like, especially with the airlines, you have them stepping up that 
it's pretty soon here. I think it might be in like September is when they hit their wall that they can start firing people and still not have to pay back the billions of dollars they got from the government. Oh, all of that's just sitting on a cliff as well. So this will be really interesting because you'll see all these things happen. You'll see the GDP drop. You'll see the economy pretty much in shambles. But I will bet you that the stock market will still look okay. And the reason for that is there's pretty much no correlation anymore to the market and everyday life, which is scary. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I can totally understand what you're saying with the, with the lack of work part, because at our club, there's talks that they're going to lay off about half of the wait staff here pretty soon because they just don't need them. They brought them all back on and they certainly didn't need them at all. So they started like staggering their shifts and things like that. Um, so like instead of working five days a week, most of the uh, were, uh, wait staff's working like three days a week, a different different days than, all, than each of the other wait staff. And that's not doing them any good. So what I suspect is going to happen is if the extra $600 in unemployment uh, goes away, they will just lay these people off entirely so that they, you know, because, and that, which sounds horrible, but it's, the reason they're doing it is because right now with, while they're working um, under full-time hours, they can still apply for unemployment and get that extra $600. Basically the way it works is if you qualify for $1 of Michigan unemployment, you get the $600 in federal. So, and and I've explained how that works before you get a certain amount of money and then they take that money away according to how much you're working on a one half basis. So let's say uh, Michigan unemployment is about $360 a week uh, before taxes. Um, If you, work they take away money from that so let's say you worked enough to make a hundred dollars that week they'll take fifty dollars away from your uh, unemployment check so instead of 360 you're only going to get 310. uh so after after a certain point it does not become worthwhile to work all these hours because if you reach the point where you're making enough that you're not getting the michigan unemployment thing you don't get the federal one so what all these people are doing are working enough to make sh- to get extra money coming in and not lose their jobs, because uh, if they just quit working, they won't come, they won't get unemployment at all. But if they just work some, they can claim that they're getting under hours. They'll uh, they'll report what they're making. They'll lose some of their Michigan unemployment thing. But unless they're making seven hundred dollars a week, <laughs> they're still going to get a little bit of Michigan unemployment. And then on top of that, the six hundred dollars from the federal. Yeah, so this this is all just set to completely blow up. Like I don't I don't get how politicians can be just so cavalier with like people's lives that they're supposedly representing. Yeah. Like it's, I just, believe- it's completely messed up. Yeah, and you know, I'm assuming they're going, Oh, well, it's for the greater good of all. And it doesn't seem like that at all. It seems like the for the greater good of a few. <laughs> I don't know. There's, it's, it's a very concerning situation for me, for everyone I know, because you know the industry that I work in. Kind of, yeah. I this is the first time that I regret getting my wife a job at the uh, country club because before that she worked at a uh, insurance company, uh, and obviously not, excuse me, not insurance company, a mortgage company, and obviously mortgage companies are doing okay. I'm sure people aren't buying as many uh, houses as they were, but it's not to the point where they're going to fire a whole bunch of people. It'll be really interesting, though, with the entire housing market, what it's going to look like in the next couple months, because you have all of these, you know, evictions and foreclosures that are going to be, you know, falling through the system. 
And it'll be interesting because we've been kind of housing starved with everybody kind of held up. Like anything that goes on the market's pretty much bought right away. Like I wonder how much of that will happen and then how much of the, you know, just having a ton of properties sitting out there like we had, you know, a decade ago. Mm. Well, it will be opportunities for some people. As we've mentioned before, the housing uh, crash in 2009 is the only reason I own a home because I bought uh, my house in 2011 right at the perfect time. If you looked on a chart of housing prices, uh, it's like a reverse bell curve. And the lowest point is 2011, right when I bought my house and, and they immediately started going back up again. So I could not have gotten luckier as far as when I bought a house. But I feel bad in certain ways because my luck was like the downfall of a whole bunch of people. So many people lost their house then because of the entire fucked up mortgage uh, thing that was going on. Um, and, you know, I and I benefited from it. So I feel kind of bad that of the situation, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, if I can buy a house with like $750 cash in Detroit, I'm moving to Michigan. <laughs> it wasn't that far off because you got to remember, you only need 10% down to buy a house for the most part. I mean, you, you well, can no, actually. There were the ones in Michigan and places there where that you could buy them outright for less than a grand. Oh, Mind dude, you, you they're buy... absolute pieces of shit, but. Oh, yeah, dude, you can buy a house in, in Detroit for $2,000 right now. It's basically just a fucked up shell, but you can buy a house for $2,000. Um, as far as a house that you can live in, uh, that's around 20,000. It'll, it'll be in a shitty neighborhood and it won't be a great house, but you can buy a house that you could move into for $20,000 in some parts of Detroit. Yeah. And once that drops by about half, we'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> and well, what happened is, uh, and this was bad for Detroit, uh, when this was going on, people, uh, outside investors, some of them from China and some, some of them from other places swooped in and bought large amounts of houses in Detroit and, but then never really did anything with them because they, uh, they, they assumed that they were going to buy them, fix them up and rent them out. And that's not how shit works in Detroit. <laughs> uh, there, you know, Detroit does not have a great housing market because lots of people don't want to live there. That's, that's why there's only 700,000 people living there instead of 2 million. Like there was back in the old days. Uh, and I feel bad for some of these outside investors because you know, they're just trying to make a buck. So they'd come in and buy a house, um, and start fixing it up and not realize the fact that they bought a house in a shit neighborhood and they really should have a security guard sitting there all the time because uh, shit would happen. Like, for example, people would go and buy the house, uh, replace the furnace, put in a new hot water heater. And then, like, when they went home for the night, people would break into their house and steal their furnace and hot water heater. <laughs> people would break into your house and steal your fucking furnace, dude. Yeah, see, I think I'd have to go with what Rock G is saying. I was just going to buy an entire neighborhood for, you know, Five six grand, dispense that <laughs> some bitch in, make it into a, just a gigantic compound. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And there are a couple places like that in Detroit where people have done pretty much that. Uh, now, when you speak about urban homesteading, that's another interesting thing about Detroit because there's so many houses that got tore down, and you know, people when people moved away, there's big swatches of Detroit that are going back to the wild like empty block after empty block. And some people have bought that stuff and like made urban gardens and things like that. There's a couple impressive, uh, um, areas where it's like a, an acre or two of like fucking gardens and, and, you know, trees and stuff in the middle of Detroit. Sly dog mentioned taxes were high in Detroit. Yes. Taxes are really high in Detroit because they're trying to run a city, uh, built for 2 million people with 700,000 people in it. So when you have less people, you have to tax them more to keep the infrastructure up. 
Uh, so, but the problem with that year is you're taxing people that can't pay it. So you drive people out of the city because they can't afford to pay their taxes on their, uh, on their house. And you still don't get the money that you need for the infrastructure. So it goes more to shit. And it's just a horrible cycle where it spirals down more and more. Yeah, so back out of the bad news, uh, we do have some fights we need to pick really quick, Jay. There's a Bellator card tonight, didn't you know? Oh, no. Oh, shit. That's still around? Uh, Dude, I don't even want to pick Bellator fights because I'm not going to know anybody except for maybe the main event. Still, we got to pick them. I, I've never heard of anybody on the prelims, so we're still doing this, Jay. Oh, Jesus. Okay, let me pull up the site. I, I don't even know if the fucking site that I go to is going to cover Bellatar. 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 <laughs> Hold on a second. Well, yeah, see. like I can't go to like a traditional site either. I have no idea what any of these people's records are. I'm just going by name. At least I've heard of most of the people on the main card. Right, right. Uh, let's see. The Big Show, Casual, Pick'em Leagues. God, yeah, I don't, I don't even. Okay, I don't even know where to look to find who's fighting today. <laughs> um, if nothing else, there is a there is a post on the uh, on the other ground or on the underground. Oh shit! I guess that's where we should be going then, huh? Uh, yeah, there is, you know, a sticky thread for it. Wait, I mean, this place might have it. They showed that the uh, best of the rest. Yeah, see, this the site does have a uh, like. Uh, a, a big uh, portion where it's like non-UFC thing, but they don't even list uh, Bellator having a fight for t- tonight. So let me go on, on over to the UG and we'll go from there, I suppose. Oh, there we go. Well, the crazy thing is, it's like I, I guess I could have went to these tonight. It's like an hour away from me, but oh, yeah, I don't know if I trust a big crowd right now still. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, dude, seriously. <laughs> Who's the first fight on the preliminary card? Yeah, so these are people I've never heard of, and and actually, I probably should correct myself. I don't even know if you can get into those fights or if they're just having that at the casino here. Right. Um, but regardless, the prelims start with uh, Raz Hilton versus Rudy Shafroth. Oh well, uh, that's an easy fight. Oh, we got Kev. We got Kev, we got Kev uh, calling, and he wants. I assume he wants to help pick us the fights. All righty, which is always a good time. Hey, Kevin, how you doing, boss? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I am excellent. Are you calling in to help us pick some fights? Yeah, man. I've been listening to you guys this whole time, and uh, yeah, it's cool stuff. Like, I didn't know half the shit you were talking about, but I still listened in, you know? <laughs> That's okay. Half the time, I don't know half the shit I'm talking about either. <laughs> and then I heard fight picks. I said, screw it. If they need some help, sounds like they need a little bit of help. So, you know, I'll give you a lifeline. All right. Yeah, if you well, know we're... who half of these people are, you're definitely uh, ahead of the pack on this one. <laughs> no doubt. I'm going to try my best to break them down. Okay, well, the on the first fight, I'm going to go with Raz, just because I don't think anyone named Rudy has ever won a fight. Uh, how about you, Kev? <laughs> who do you think is going to go for that one? This guy, Raz Hitlin, he's actually fought for CES a couple times. Uh, I used to wrestle with a guy that he actually beat. Um, but, you know, he comes in at a 5-4 and four record. He's fighting a guy that I think six and one in Rudy. He looks like a big dude, big wrestler. I'm going to have to go with Rudy. All right. How about you there, Big Dalton? Yeah, I'm going to go Rudy. Um, I don't know why. Like, I have no justification for any of this right now. So, yeah, we're just <laughs> we're going to go Rudy. All right. What's next? Uh, next, we have Rafion Stotts versus Cass Bell. Hmm. I don't know who either of these people are. So, I'm going to go with Rafion Stotts. How about you, Kev? 
You picked the right fighter, my friend. Rafian Stotts is a beast. Yeah, he's actually a beast. Uh, he's like 14-1. Uh, if you recall, do you know who, do you know Marab Marab Davishvili? He's one of uh, Chris, Billy, yeah. he's one of Chris Weidman's guys. Well, this guy actually knocked fucking uh, Rafian Stotts out. This guy Stotts had a, like a lot of hype on him, and then for the looking for a fighter uh, that Dana White does with Matt Serra, and uh, now he does it with Dean Thomas. But they went around looking for a guy, and this was the main fight. This guy Stotts. Versus uh, Marad Davishvili, which was, um, like I said, Chris Wyman and, and all those guys. And um, he fucking got knocked. This guy Stotts got knocked out in like 12 seconds with a spinning fucking uh, back fist. Oh, that's unfortunate. So, yeah, it kind of killed a lot of momentum. But he's still a beast, you know. And uh, Marad went to the UFC. And uh, Stotts is, you know, he's still working his way back up in life. So, you know, I'm going to go with Stotts. All right. How about you, Dalton? Uh, so surprisingly, I actually have heard of both of these guys, which is quite surprising. Uh, both of them have fought in Bellator before. I think the uh, God, who who is who? Um, I think it's Cass Bell is undefeated in Bellator, like four fights or something like that. Oh wow. Um, Stotts has one fight in Bellator. Obviously, a winner there as well. The interesting thing about Stotts is before that loss to um, Marab, he beats some like decent fighters. Like he has a win over Rob Emerson. He has a fight. He has a win over Jeff Curran. Sure. Like I, I think Stotts has had the better level of competition, but the other dude is undefeated in Bellator. How does so, the other kid uh, look? The other kid. Uh, the only thing I don't like about him is I went to look up his record. And it shows him with just the dumbest looking like Kool-Aid green hair I've ever seen. <laughs> That's a turn off. Yeah, so I think we're probably gonna have to go for Stotts. Yeah, let's go all for right. Stotts. Oh, excellent. All right, who's next? Uh next of all, we have Jake Smith versus Mark Lemminger. Hmm. I have that for I have that as Mark Smith versus Mark Lemminger, but that's probably maybe a uh, I'm looking at the underground thing, so maybe that's wrong. Obviously, um, I'm gonna go with Lemminger just because the longer someone's name is, normally the better fighter they are. <laughs> How about you, Cam? <laughs> Yo, so I don't know either either one of these guys, so I'm gonna spend this minute instead of breaking down the fight, I'm gonna be breaking down these last couple comments. So I want to say thank you to Sly Dog for the love. I want to answer his question of when's the next fight companion uh, Saturday. Uh, he wants us to watch the chat a little bit. And uh, like I said, tomorrow, I think you run the you run the fight companion, right, uh, Ryan? Or they call you Dalton? I, don't, I still don't get that. But Call me whatever. Yes, I will be here. So we'll do the normal <laughs> okay. show from Maybe 6 I should to explain. 7. We'll uh, take a short break, and then we'll hop in the fight companion. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and the reason we call him Big Dalton is because Ryan uh, – Back in the day, it was a bouncer, you know, just like Roadhouse. Okay. Well, you ever seen? You've seen Roadhouse, right? The, the greatest movie yeah. ever made, right? Okay. Well, the, yeah. character, the character's name in that movie was Dalton. Uh, we okay. call him Big Dalton because the running joke is in in Roadhouse, they always said to him, "Oh, I thought you'd be bigger." And obviously, no one's yeah. ever looked at Ryan and said, "Oh, I thought you'd be bigger," because he's a big motherfucker. So, hence right. Big Dalton. No shit. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to go with double knockout. <laughs> Good call. Uh, well, how about you, Ryan? What you got? 
Uh, so... Yeah, I think we're going to have to go Lemminger. Um, I mean, he's 10-1. and one. He looks like he's jacked to the gills. Oh, shit. So let's just assume that he, you know, fights anything like how he looks. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, let's go with uh, Lemminger for the win. Alrighty, that's all there is in the preliminary card, right? Yes, so there's oh. a whopping three prelims. Okay, Starting what's the out the main card, and <laughs> I, Jay, you better have heard of this guy. of Aaron Pico versus Solo Hatley Jr. Okay, well, I've heard of Aaron Pico. I've never heard of Solo Hatley Jr. Uh, and anyone who names their kid Solo should be taken out back and beaten. Uh, I'm going to go with Pico, obviously, because it's someone I've heard of. How about you, Kev? So Pico's a monster, but he tends to have some mental lapses in his fights. I don't know if it's because of his age or maybe, you know, life experience is real. you got to go through it to get through it. you got to go through it to grow through it, you know. So this other guy, Solo Hatley, he beat uh, a Bellator guy that they were expecting a lot out of, uh, Gaston Bolanos. So he's got a win over him. He does have a, you know, he's got a solid win. And um, he's fighting... Um, Who's the two guys again? I forget. I'm having a mental lapse. Oh, Solo Hatley Jr. and uh, and Pico. I'm gonna have to go with Pico though. I think Pico's gonna get it done. I think he's gonna fucking. This is the this is the the fight. He really comes comes back out and fucking knocks someone's block off. Nice. How about you, uh, Ryan? Yeah, I'm absolutely going Pico. Like that kid has all the talent in the world. As long as he doesn't piss it away, like he should mm -hmm. absolutely still be a monster. He's super young yeah. still too. Yeah, right on, right on. All right, who's next? All right, next fight we have Taiwan Claxton versus J.J. Wilson. Uh, well, uh, I believe I've heard of Taiwan Claxton before, and uh, I'm a very not a fan of people who have the same first and middle name, so J.J. Oh, Wilson's sure. right out the door right there. Uh, let's go with Taiwan. How about you, Kev? Yeah, Taiwan is a very athletic dude. He, he got a big step up in his last fight. I think it was against Pat Curran, and uh, I think I'm not totally sure. It might have been against someone else, but he lost. He got a, he had a step up and he lost. So I don't know if this. I, oh, all right. Oh no, he fought Emmanuel Sanchez. I'm sorry. I'm looking at it now. Emmanuel Sanchez is a beast. Um, and then he had a bounce back win. And this guy JJ Wilson, he looks like a wrestler. So Taiwan Claxton's kryptonite is wrestling. So I mean, you flip a coin. You know, you flip a coin and. Uh, and you're gonna get the winner. This guy, uh, JJ Wilson, seems to look looks for the submissions. You know what? I'm gonna go with the submission guy, JJ Wilson. All right. How about you, Big Dalton? Yeah, I'm gonna go Claxton. Uh, I just think he he takes this. If for nothing else, he's coming out of a better team, so he fights out of elevation. Other guy, like I hadn't heard much of. So yeah, I'm just going by the person I recognize and comes from a decent camp. Right. Right. Exactly. All right, who's next? Yeah, honestly, honestly, let me change my pick. I, I'm gonna go with Claxton too. This is he keeps it on the feet. Like I said, it could go either way. These guys fight ten times, ten different things are gonna happen. But I think the sparking of uh, JJ Wilson actually is gonna have. I think Claxton's gonna fucking light him up. All right, interesting. Uh, what's next, sir? So the next fight is Jordan Main versus Jason Jackson. Hmm. All right, once again, I've heard of one person. I've heard of Jordan Main before, so I'm going to have to go up to the person with uh, the recognizable name. Uh, what do you got, Kevin? So this is a good fight. Both these guys are tough. 
Jordan Mann's been in the game for like 20, not 20, but like almost like 13. He's been fighting since he was like 15, I think. So he's been in MMA a long time. And Jason Jackson, he fought Ed Ruth. I don't know if it was his last fight or the fight before. And Ed Ruth's a beast. And in my opinion, he beat Ed Ruth. So I'm going to have to go with Jason Jackson by knockout. All right. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, this one's tough. So, yeah, he absolutely took the fight to Ed Ruth, and Ed Ruth is a, a badass. I think if you take a look at the career, though, Maine has fought better people. And oh, definitely. Has, has done better over time. Like, he has wins over Mike Pyle, over Eric Silva, over Dan Miller. Like, he's had some some good good wins over the years. And if you look at who he's lost to, right? Like, he's lost to Bilal Muhammad. Emil Meek, Tiago Alves, like Matt Brown, like only mm. big names mm. beat him. And I don't know if Jason Jackson is, is that guy yet. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with Jordan on this one. So All let me right. jump in right there real uh-huh. fast. So you said, um, the thing with Jason Jackson, you say he's not there yet. He's been trying to get there for a long time. So if he's not there yet with this fight, he's never going to get there. Cause this is a fight that he needs to win to really, uh, you know, take his to, to take his career and his life to another level. He's 29. He's going through a lot of setbacks, but this has to be the fight. He needs to win this fight. This is a make a make a break fight for Jason Jackson. Just bigger than MMA as a person, in my opinion. But I, right. I, I also jump in with this. Jason Jackson lost to a friend of mine, which is says enough that if I personally know somebody and this is somebody that's never made it to UFC and he bait Jason Jackson, I think Jordan, Jordan has this one. Right. Listen, Jordan, me and he's a, he's a seasoned vet. This guy, like you said, he's fought freaking everybody, you know, but I don't know. You, you get to a certain point and you start losing shit, you know, like, man, that guy has so much uh, wear and tear on his body. Yeah. That's a good point. Actually. All right, what do we got for the last? It's going to be sir? interesting. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good fight. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, so the so the main event of the evening we have Ricky Bandejas versus Sergio Pettis. Uh, well, you know, obviously I know who Sergio Pettis is. He's the younger p- brother of Anthony Pettis. Um, God, I, he's already out of the UFC. Uh, I figured uh, Sergio would have a better career than he's had. To be honest with you, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I guess you know he's just not living up to his brother's talent level. Uh, but I've never heard of the other guy. I should, obviously. He's well. You know what? The name sounds familiar, but I'm not familiar with the guy enough to be able to pick him. So I'm gonna go with Pettis. What do you got, Kev? Yeah, man. On a smaller scale, this fight actually kind of reminds me of this last fight we were just talking about with me and and uh, and and Jason Jackson because this guy Ricky, he's looked good, but he's also had some spotty losses. And Sergio Pettis, like I said, on a smaller scale, obviously, but you look at who he's fought in the UFC. He fought all the best guys, you know. Um, he fought John Moraga that he beat. He, beat, uh, he, fought, jo- he fought Joseph Benavides. He fought uh, Henry Cejudo. He fought some solid names. So, man, when I look at a fight, I look at how the fight, how their styles are going to magnetic, magnetically gravitate towards them. For some reason, I see both of these guys' styles uh, going the other way. I, see, I feel like opposites don't attract for this one and i feel like i, I don't know what's going to happen in this fight but i just feel like it's going to be a really shitty fight 
So I'm going to have to go with Pettis by Shitty. <laughs> what do you got, Ryan? Yeah, so I think really what they're trying to do here is they are trying to set up Pettis as one of the faces of Bellator. Uh, so I think they put him out against a guy that that has somewhat of a name that most people will have at least heard of in Bandejas. Um, I just I don't think that Sergio loses this. Like if you lo- if you look at the guys that Pettis has lost to, you're talking about you know Juicier Formiga, Henry Cejudo. Who else has he lost to? Uh, Alex Caceres. Like people you've heard of and that have been in the UFC for quite a while. Whereas if you take a look at the losses that Bendejas has had, it's it's not quite that caliber. So I think mm. Pettis comes out. He's probably going to be, you know, pretty on the ball in as far as trying to become the big name that he never became in the UFC. And I think this is probably the first step towards it. So I have Pettis maybe by a sub in round two. Alrighty. Excellent. Well, there you go, folks. There's our Bellator fight picks. Uh Tune in tomorrow, and we'll laugh at how poorly we did. <laughs> By tomorrow, uh, I'm like... not going to remember who I picked. Yeah, Ryan, <laughs> do you true. think uh, do you think Sergio's going to be a future champ in Bellator? Who is the Bellator champ in that weight division? Like, I don't even that's know. A, that's a good question. I think it's. Uh, I want to say it was Homa uh, Horaguchi. I, I was going to say Homaguchi. Homaguchi. Uh, <laughs> Haraguchi, I think it is, but he like left or some shit. You're right; it's a big mess in that weight class. That's yeah, it's possible. I mean, he definitely has the talent. I'm just not sure if he uh, uh, can put it all together. That always seemed like his problem. Mm. It wasn't seem like he didn't have the talent to win the fights that he lost. It's just like he had problems putting it together as a complete package. Yeah, it's actually uh, Patricio uh, Pitbull, who's a beast. Oh yeah, that's um, very true. I thought he was lightweight and featherweight. I know you're right. Two he belts, is, right? Yeah, versus Chandler. You're right. Who the? F- I don't and know. So I just I just googled it and it says the bantamweight championship is vacant. See that? Ah, so, that's weird. <laughs> I, yep, I'm right. I'm betting dollars to donuts that Sergio Pettis can beat vacant. <laughs> <laughs> I, yo, I think you're right on that, sir. All right, folks. <laughs> it looks like it's about the end of a show. Um. I want to thank uh, Kev for calling in and help us with the fight picks. You're always welcome to call in, sir. You're a great time every time. Uh, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. We couldn't do the show without you folks. Uh, and I also want to thank thank my podcasting partner, Big Dalton, because uh, I couldn't do the show without him either. And he's proved over and over he can do one without me. <laughs> you got anything mm-hmm. else, Big Dalton? I have two things, as always. Number one, this is the teaser for tomorrow. Everybody be sure to... Tune in. We will have our normal show at 6 p.m. Eastern. Roughly 7.03 Eastern, Jay will say that he needs to go to bed. So he will do that. We will cut off for a minute or two, and we will be back with a fight companion. Everyone is welcome to tune in, call in, and become a degenerate with us. (laughs) Um, Before we get to Dalton's last thing, you got anything uh, you wanted to cover before we get out of here, Kev? Yeah, man. I just want to say thank you again for um, you know for letting me come on, and I look forward to uh, you know hanging out tomorrow night with the fights. Excellent. All right, Dalton, give us your last thing. The only thing we can ever end on are these three simple words: "Fuck all y'all." <laughs> Everybody have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at six. Bye bye.
Screw you, hippie! <laughs>